Ready, uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Kids, get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months and six days. Give or take. Am I, uh, sensing feelings? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. It's just my first bad guy. Never forget you first. You are not like the other gods of kill. Because I have something worth fighting for. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise and flip. Oh, you flicked too hard, damn it! Shall we help him? I mean, eventually. Great. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side as always in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. And on this episode of Planet 8, kids, we're bringing down the love and we're bringing down the tunda. We're going to be talking about Thor, Love and Thunder, so spoiler alert. We're, we're going to spoil the heck out of this movie, and we're probably going to uh, lay out a couple of turds on it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Straight away, let's kick it up to Bob. What did you think of the movie, Chief? Well, eat my hammer. <laughs> now, that could have many different connotations, but, um, you know, I think, and we, you know, we kind of talked about this before, I think once Guardians of the Galaxy hit, and I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I love that movie. But ever since that movie hit, 
the whole MCU kind of took a left turn towards the zany. And the more it goes on, especially Thor, the more kind of wacky it gets. And so I've, I think I've said it on the show before. I like Ragnarok, but I thought the humor was kind of out of place. Some of it was okay, but you know, but now Love and Thunder, the humor's like ramped up to 11 on this one. <laughs> and even when they uh, have a serious moment, they got to throw in something humorous or a little kind of side thing. And uh, so, you know, I don't know. Christian Bale, I thought, did a great job as Gore, the God Butcher. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, whenever I hear Butcher, I think about uh, straight, uh, I think about the boys and Carl <laughs> Urban. <Yeah>. But <laughs> but uh, as the God Butcher, I thought you know he, he was a good performance. He did a good job. I think the other side of the spectrum, way on the other side of the spectrum, would be Russell Crowe as Zeus. Mm. Doing it with like a, I mean, Zeus is a Greek god, right? And he's doing it with like a bad Italian accent. It was poor, <laughs> very poor. But, you know, if you go into it expecting a zany comedy, or as Taika Watiti said, a rom com, romantic comedy. Right. Then you know you probably enjoy it. I mean, people around us in the theater seem to enjoy it. You know, I went with Debbie and Michael and Lucas, and they all enjoyed it. But like I said, I just—I guess if you go in and just kind of turn your mind off and you don't know, quote take it seriously, then maybe you, can, you know you could probably enjoy it. But you know, way back when I used to collect comic books, way back in the olden days. At one point, it was like, I can't read all these comics. I can't afford all these comics. I got to cut it down. So I cut it down to two characters. One was Spider-Man because he had like a comic out every week between Amazing and Spectacular and Web of and Marvel Team Up and whatever. And the other one was Thor. I stuck with Thor because I really liked that character. So to kind of see him kind of being parodied in all these movies... It's kind of rough, but uh, I know I know Karen has some opinions as well. <laughs> Take it away, Walker. Well, it's it's very disappointing to me. I I, I could I could get more explicit than that. <laughs> Please. Um, no, I mean to kind of tag on to Bob's statement. Yeah, I was a big Thor fan as a, as a kid. I mean, so the beauty of Thor was like Thor could be, you know, one issue on Earth fighting the Wrecking Crew. Then he could be in Asgard the next issue. He could be in outer space. I mean, you know, Thor could be doing any and all of it. He could be with the Avengers. There was always like all these great possibilities with Thor. Um, always exciting adventures and stuff. And And Thor also had, uh, he was, you know, he was sort of this somber character and uh the the goofy character was like hercules hercules would show up in in thor and be kind of this goofball character bravado. to bounce off of what's that he had bravado 
Yeah, you know, to bounce off Thor and stuff. And I sort of feel like, you know, they, like Bob said, they they found like, oh, humor is, you know, a big seller for us. Chris Hemsworth wanted to do humor. And he does have a talent for humor, which is, is, you know, undeniable. But I just think they, they took that needle and they just pushed it all the way over to the right, you know. And there's no room for a more serious character, which is a shame because you can see some of that serious character in this movie. It's I feel like there's sort of it's, – it's a very uneven film for me because there are these serious parts. you got somebody like Christian Bale who's a really good actor – and he's playing this very serious character who's motivated out of grief. You know, he's lost his people and specifically lost his daughter. You know, he's been he was praying to his God, you know, to, to save them. Then he finds out, you know, his God doesn't care about them and he's overcome with grief and rage. And that's mm-hmm. what motivates him, right? And it's very serious kind of thing. And then you've got this other storyline with Jane and she's got cancer and she's dying and, you know, becomes the mighty Thor and, you know, and then Thor as a character has gone through all this stuff in the films, which if taken seriously is really tragic. He's lost his parents, his brother, his friends, his planet was destroyed, all this other stuff. Right. So he's should be in a, situation where he's grieving and stuff but it's just all played for laughs you know and i don't mind some humor in the films i think it's important to have some humor but you know 20 percent would be great but they they just push it over to like 90 percent and the problem is it also feels really forced because it sort of feels like oh ragnarok was great and it was funny and lots of people liked it so we'll do that again you know what it reminds me of is when Star Trek Four came out, the as people will recall, the one with the whales. So Star Trek Four comes out, and it's kind of goofy and funny, and people can relate to it. And it's like, oh, I like this Star Trek thing. I remember that movie. It was funny. So when Star Trek Five comes out, and admittedly, Star Trek Five had a lot of issues, but one of the things they, they forced on Star Trek Five was to insert a lot of humor that didn't necessarily belong there. And so you have, you know, things like Scotty walking into a, a beam and knocking himself unconscious and other stupid stuff in the in the film. And I just feel like the forced humor, I mean, it just doesn't work. You know, it has to flow. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know what their concept is of the character, what they want to do with him um, other than just, you know, shits and giggles. And it's I don't know. It's a shame. Well, at the end of the credits, it does say Thor will return. Yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, if they do another Avengers, they'll bring him back. Well, uh, I hope to God the next Thor movie is called Thor Shits and Giggles, because I'll be first in line. <laughs> I, that's my kind of movie. I mean... Well, what did you think of it? What did you think of it, Larry? I, I did not love it. Um, but, you know... <sighs> I need to watch a film a couple of times to really get a feel for it. Um, and and uh, I think it was unbalanced as well. Um, going from the tragedy of, of the God killer of Christian Bale's um, character and, you know, the, the 
love sequence of like how Thor and Jane broke up and he told Mjolnir to, you know, watch over her and turns out that Mjolnir is more of like an ex-lover or a pet or something. I don't know. That to me was kind of irritated me. Um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny at first. Just the fact that Stormbreaker minute. was getting jealous of Mjolnir and all that. But yeah, they just kept going with it. Yeah. Again, they just got to yeah. beat it to death. Um, you know, him doing the splits to stop the aliens in the beginning of the movie, that was kind of funny. You know, um, the temple collapsing. I'm like, that, that's when it lost me that, you know, the God of Thunder doesn't do stuff like that. That's a Guardians thing. You know, and I think it's they're idiots. Right. And, you know, <laughs> admittedly so. And and it works for them. It works for that franchise. Um, yeah. The, the, and, you know, a lot of people think that the first Thor movie was just too serious, you know, and the second one was even so more serious. So it did serious. have humor in it. Yeah. Well, it, it had that 20 percent or less amount of humor. True. And I think when Taiki Waitiki, Taiko Waitiki, Taiko Waitiki, yeah, um, it, it, it almost seems to me, and not an exact ripoff of what we do in the shadows, but it does have that kind of like wink, wink, tongue in cheek kind of aspect to it. Not that they ever break the fourth wall in the film but some of the humor is just absurd right it's absurdist that's what i was thinking it's absurdist humor and i don't know it's totally appropriate um well yeah i lost my train of thought okay (laughs) (laughs) i i mean i'm not a fan of of the venom films uh by any stretch of the imagination damn things are making like hundreds of millions of dollars at the box office and so i talked to my nieces and nephews or you know in their 20s and 30s and they love those movies um but granted they love jar jar binks also so (laughs) yeah um who was the movie made for who's what was it 143 million uh domestically this weekend well, it's made like two hundred ninety million worldwide, I think. Worldwide, okay. So, but the budget for the movie was like two hundred fifty million. So, yeah, so make almost double that to yeah. break yeah. even. And you know, we talked about this earlier, but I uh, let's let's see how it does in the second week. I'm just curious to see because a lot of that will be word of mouth and. If right. people come out and they say, oh, yeah, it was fantastic, you got to see it, then we'll see a good second week. And if people are like, eh, you know, it wasn't that great, then we'll see a dip. So I'm really yeah. curious. So, yeah, I was kind of I was kind of thinking back, thinking back on the MCU and the tone of the movies and all that. And I'm thinking, you know, three, three directors, I, I will see four because one is like two directors, but... I'm thinking, for me, the best films out of the MCU have basically come from the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. And then you've got James Gunn, who is doing the Guardian movies, and that's just kind of like right on that hairy edge 
of too much humor. Yeah. But it's still, you know, it's fit because they were established as that kind of, those kind of characters. And then Taika Waititi's just off the scale. Now, he's a good comedic director. I mean, if you look at like Jojo Rabbit or if you look at, you know, what we do in the, in the shadows or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not that he has a lack of talent and that he's not good. I just don't think he's made for these movies. Well, it's interesting, too, because he did, um, I don't know if it was one or two episodes of Mandalorian. And I don't think he got, I mean, it didn't feel, I think he did that one where they were the siege in the bar. And I mean, I wouldn't consider any of those really over the top. So I don't know if it's a matter of having somebody there who's kind of restraining what he can well, I do. Think he, they took the reins off for this movie. Yeah, he also co-wrote this. Yeah, free reign this. to do whatever he want. Yeah, he co-wrote this as well. Um, and, and, you know, another thing I wonder, too, is that... So we see this kind of zaniness with the Guardians um, and with Thor. And I just wonder if they feel like maybe viewers can't accept... Well, I'm kind of shooting this down as I think about it. But what I was going to say is maybe viewers can't accept these big cosmic kind of movies in a serious way uh, so they put the humor in it but then they did Eternals but then again Eternals wasn't that popular so maybe they do feel like oh we need to make fun of it and kind of make it silly for people to accept these because like at the end of the movie and spoiler spoiler they have the cosmic entity Eternity who is you know the physical embodiment of sort of the universe sitting there and it looks just like the way Steve Ditko drew it in the comics. Yeah. Right. You know, which I, I thought was pretty cool. I mean, there are aspects of this movie that I like. I will say that. I'm not totally down on it. If I had to rate it from one to ten, it would probably be a five-ish. Because there are things in it that I enjoy, but as an overall story, I don't you know, because of all the humor and stuff, I don't care for it. But like they put in stuff like eternity and all this other stuff. And I just wonder if sometimes they feel like, oh, we've got to, you know, just keep spooning them all this goofy stuff so that we can put all this weird, you know, over the top cosmic stuff in it for them to to get through. I don't know. I think Chris Helmsworth and uh, Tycho really have a oddball sense of humor. That's one of the things I've read in stories that bonded, you know, was their sense of humor and they wanted to really just blow this movie up. I mean, Thor, you know, Chris wasn't going to come back unless Tycho was in it and Tycho wasn't going to come back unless Hemsworth was in it. And, you know, they both, you know, signed up, they got pay raises as, you know, Hollywood often does. And, then they they ended up coming up with with you know love and thunder. Now I, w- I will say tacking, uh, piggybacking on on Bob's comment, I love the first Iron Man film, and and I think there was a good amount of humor in there. There was a gu- good amount of of sorrow. I mean, him becoming Iron Man and and you know as uh, Yusuf, his friend Yusuf. I mean, you know there was good drama. Um, elements of humor in the right places at the right time so as mm-hmm. not to make it into a rom-com. Um, I, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. I didn't like Iron Man 2 when it first came out. 
I just, I really didn't like that. And Iron Man 3, even worse when that came out. Uh, fun fact here, kids. Walker had come out to see Iron Man 3, and the whole weekend was predicated on us going to see the film two and three times, possibly. And after that first viewing, nobody wanted to see it anymore. And we were like trying to figure out, well, what do we do now? <laughs> I, I think I did not want to see it. I almost wanted to walk out that first viewing. I thought you guys were okay with seeing it again. So I kind of I was threw okay a wrench. With, I was okay with seeing it again if if you guys because I you know I, what I will say too is after rewatching two and three on DVD, I appreciate those films more. I still can't stand Thor two Dark World. Oh. I just I I don't like that movie. So I, I didn't really mind that one. What's that, bud? I didn't really mind Thor two. I, I can't stand that movie, and I don't uh, I, I can't get into the Eternals. I have tried, and I have tried, and, you know, I can't. That being said, like Walker, I did not hate this movie. I, you know, with the music and stuff and the kid, I'd, I'd probably give it more like a six and a half, maybe, maybe a seven if I see it a second time. Uh, I think seeing it a second time and kind of knowing what to expect going in. (laughs) Yes, it doesn't hit you (laughs) the Mm -hmm. way it does, but yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, I think one problem that we had as a family was the whole, and you know, I know this is out of the comic and this is part of the character and whatever, but the whole cancer thing with Jane. Mm -hmm. Because we've just gone through that for the last year. So that was kind of rough. Kind of the same way, like, I can't watch that first Planet of the Apes of the, you know, the new, the three new ones. Was it like Rise and Dawn and mm-hmm. War? I can't watch the first one because of the whole Alzheimer's angle mm. of it. So, I don't know, you know, it's like. Yeah, I did feel. The, the whole cancer thing to me was a little bit handled too lightly. Um, and you would think somebody who worked on it, there's so many people either have cancer or know somebody who has cancer. And to me, kind of sitting there, you know, I mean, it's been years since I dealt with mine, but it was like, geez, you know, this seems a little like they're just not, they're treating it a little too lightly in the film in a way or else it was just counterbalanced with too much like jokey zany kind of stuff well see the whole thing with jane foster becoming thor that happened long after i stopped reading comics so yeah in the comic was there that angle where the more she uses mjolnir the more she becomes susceptible to the cancer i i wasn't reading it but from what i understand she had to stop using it because it was worsening her her cancer. So they were pretty true, I think, to the All situation right. in the comics. But she, I think, for a few years was Thor in the comics um, and was an Avenger and all sorts of stuff. So they truncated that situation. So was she, was she Thor along with Thor or was it she was Thor and that was it? 
I think uh, a, a little of both. For a period of time, he was unworthy, and he couldn't lift Mjolnir. So he was just like Thor Odinson. And um, his he left his hammer on the moon, I believe. And uh, then she somehow was transported there and got it and became the mighty Thor. And then at some point, I think he... I don't know if he got a hammer substitute or what, but he, he was also running around, so. And then we have, like, Beta Ray Bill and everybody else, right? Oh, there's so many people running around with stuff. No, but I, Beta Ray <laughs> Bill, I read that story. That was a good story. He, eh. he verily deserved that hammer. Um, look, they had the Thor Corps. Everyone and their mama was a Thor <laughs> once in time in the Marvel comic books. So well, some, somebody was saying on Facebook, they're asking because Superman left the hammer. Um, Not because of the strength, but is he worthy? The worthy. I think he did in one of the JLA Avenger crossovers. I think there was a scene where he had the shield and the hammer, or maybe that was something George Perez just drew for hmm. the crossover that didn't happen. I don't know. But I mean, I think, yeah, if Cap could do it. <laughs> somebody, it somebody was saying the new Superman couldn't. But Christopher Reeve's <laughs> Superman could. <laughs> oh, God. But, I mean, if you think Superman, yeah, he could probably lift it. Batman, I doubt, could lift it. No. <laughs> no. He's kind of on Wonder the other Woman. end of the spectrum. Wonder Woman but. lift it. Um, probably. Oh, this just gets too complicated. <laughs> Aquaman? <laughs> no. Uh, I, you know... I was I was a little surprised about the brevity of the Guardians of the Galaxy appearance in this. I thought there would be a little bit more. My understanding, though, from some things I've seen, uh, like even in the trailers, there are definitely scenes that didn't make it into the movie, and it feels like a lot of scenes maybe right. didn't make it into the film. I, I um, did think it was funny where uh, Nebula was trying to kill the goats. <laughs> they had the goats on the ship, and it's just like, Get out of my way. I'm going to kill those things. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's kind of curious that they were in the film only briefly. I, I will say I need to go back and watch uh, Endgame because I forget what happened to Gamora. Well, she was from the other, the past. past right? She was from right? the past. Yeah. yeah. And she seemed to just sort of slip away somewhere. So, yeah, she yeah, kind of went her own way somehow. Just Did went somewhere. Okay. Get back after, in space. after kicking Star Lord in the nuts. Yeah, because the the past Nebula was shot, and then the new Nebula or current. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, current Nebula, I think, is the one that's back. But mm. yeah, it yeah. was the past Gamora that was now the present Gamora. Wherever so she, she never had any relationship with. Peter Quill mm -hmm. or the other Guardians. Right, right. I'm and, sure um, she'll factor into the next movie, but... Lady Sif was back. Yes. Very briefly. Ended. Well, not all of her. Well... All but her arm was back. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm sure that they can replace that somehow, somewhere. That's another issue I had, though, is she was so underused. I, I mean, pretty much just in, in name to bring her into the film for a couple of minutes here and there and then mm -hmm. it kind of answers the question though was she 
you know, people wondered, well, was she on Asgard when it was destroyed? And where was she? And apparently Yeah, it was kind of like, where was she during the whole Thanos thing and all that? Mm-hmm. You know, Bucky might have an extra arm she could borrow. <laughs> I will say uh, one of the things that I really missed in this movie was the Loki character. Hmm. Um, he's really an integral part of these films, in my opinion. Um, you know, he just, he works well off of, you know, that tension between he and Thor. Yeah. Well, was this like the first movie Thor was in that Loki was not? I mean, maybe Endgame Loki wasn't in there because he died. Well, he uh, got killed at the very beginning. Or no, he got yeah. killed. Avengers 2. Yeah. Right. But I, I believe so. The solo Thor films, this is the first one without mm-hmm. uh, Loki. Yeah. No, it's a good point. That dynamic between the two of them has has been, uh, you know, a very entertaining one over. I mean, Loki's off doing course. his own thing and Thor doesn't know he's alive or that there's a version of him alive. Right? There's a version mm-hmm. of a variant. And I, I will say, too, that that's the humor that really balanced out well was the banter between Loki and Thor. You know, I, I could handle stuff like that. I One of my favorite scenes ever is is in Avengers when, uh, you know, Cap's going to jump out of the the plane and, and uh, Black Widow's like, Cap, I don't know, those, those are gods. Well, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't know what kind of gods you're talking about, but I don't think that's the almighty. And he jumps out there, you know, to break up the fight between Iron Man and yeah, Thor. Yeah, he says like there's only one, and he doesn't dress like that or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, that that to me was was okay, you know. That's, but um, well, see, that was always the Marvel humor in the comic books was the comments mm-hmm. that the heroes would make. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not Captain America accidentally hitting himself in the head with the shield, but. Right. Just like a side sideways comment, and off they go. You know, and, right, and of course, with- Peter Parker, Spider Man, he would use humor just to diffuse his fear of fighting these villains that were stronger than him, and he'd use humor to kind of catch them off guard and get them mad, and then they'd make a mistake, and then you know he'd get the upper hand. But um, so that just kind of became his personality. Right, right. And in the films, I mean, that classic scene of, of Hulk just beating the heck out of Loki at the end of Avengers. Slant, you know, I am a god, you are a whack, whack, whack. You know, or when Hulk, like, bashes Thor, you know. That was sort of the beginning of the slapstick, I think. Well, I mean, well that's kind of the Joss Whedon type humor, though, you got in that. I mean, you you can do a little of that, and it's, like, effective, but then when you have a film where you've got stuff like that going on all the time, you know, Thor tries to do the Bifrost and then he winds up, you know, falling on his butt outside right. and things like that. It's just sort of like over and over. If they, if they had been trying to do something with Thor where they were trying to show that he was um, a goofball or whatever, that it was some sort of facade because he was – you know, he was really grieving and feeling torn up or something. That would be one thing. But they were just like half the movie. He's like this enormous goofball. And then the other half, like when he goes after 
gore in that, you know, the realm of darkness or whatever. I mean, that was a really cool fight where he's going after him and he's, you know, and then Thor is highly competent. And then, you know, he's a great warrior again and everything. And then the other half of the time, he's like falling on his ass. So it's, well, I, I don't know. And then not to make excuses, but that was Fat Thor in Endgame. I mean, the I beginning of Endgame, he's, he's overweight, drinking beer, playing, I don't know, Xbox or PlayStation. And, you know, it, it was just this jokey, you know, thing. And, you know, then at the end of the game, he's like wielding, you know, Stormbringer and Mjolnir and, you know. Uh, and then you kind of feel sorry for him because there's this like post-traumatic stress and it really drives home. He lost his mother. He never got to say goodbye to his mother through the time travel he did, you know, and and, and then it goes back to like, you know, Thor fat jokes again. So, uh, again, not to make an excuse, but they already started dumbing up Thor way before. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I've been unhappy about this for, you know, a few movies now. So. Mm. It's, it's almost, not just. Almost, uh, I was going to say almost for as long as the new Star Trek film or uh, TV shows have been on Paramount. Well, don't <laughs> get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. I'm going to pull out my Twitter and go crazy. So well, don't. I, I, I want to ask you guys: When are we doing Strange New World podcast? Uh, oh, I guess we're not. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but I mean, it does uh, this kind of stuff. I I am a little concerned about Phase Four. Because other than, I mean, the Spider-Man film was good. I liked the Doctor Strange film. I thought uh, Shang-Chi was good. It was pretty good, but I thought it really kind of slipped in. It slipped into the same thing that a lot of the films do is the third act then has to like be like this huge bombastic thing, you know, whereas it could have just been a fight between Shang-Chi and his dad, and that would have been the best way for it to end but instead we get like this giant dragons and all these armies of monsters and stuff and it's just like every marvel movie has to have like this enormous giant threat at the end and, and i don't know it's just too formulaic I, I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with the the shang chi uh, yeah. monster stuff at the end sorry my yeah i like monsters. my bar is kind of low. i like i like kung fu and monsters so it's all down yeah. and dynamite <laughs> Right. But I mean, I, I looking over like the films that have come out, you know, Black Widow was kind of eh, and it was too late. They should have done it before. And then yeah. Shang-Chi was pretty good. Yeah. But then Eternals, like you guys said, there's things I liked about Eternals, but it was, I don't know, it felt very disconnected from the MU, MCU. Spider-Man was pretty good. Doctor Strange was pretty good. This film, I feel, is, is just kind of craptastic. And I... I don't know. I I've of all the phases that they've done, this to me is probably the weakest so far. I just don't see a, a real strong point to like where are they going and what are they doing. I guess the multiverse is a theme, but it doesn't feel like a strong theme to me. Well, this was the first movie in Phase Four that really didn't have a multiverse. Is it? Black Widow didn't have the multiverse. Well, I think that was like the last of the non-multiverse ones. But I mean, once I mean, uh, was it Spider-Man Two? They kind of talked about it. Oh, you know, Spider-Man was it Far From Home? They started talking about right. it, and then after that, it started to become a thing. I don't know. Eternals. But, 
is that I don't feel like Eternals was a multiverse movie. Hmm. Um, Shang-Chi, they went to another dimension. I don't, does that count as a multiverse? I don't know. But the multiverse is supposed to be the the big thing for this phase. Yeah. I know. I've got to get Feige on the show. Not not like it has to be in every movie, but it just, I don't know. I just feel like this is the weakest. If you look back at like the other, and maybe it's the characters too, you know. I mean, they don't have Iron Man and Captain America and, you know, whatever to to play with right now the avengers so they're kind of throwing out some characters that are lesser known well it's kind of rough when you start the whole thing with your biggest characters and then you get rid of all of them yeah then where do you go i mean i would have rather they recast we get new bonds every once in a while or whatever it's like well you know, I mean, it's, it would be really hard to replace Robert Downey Jr., but you still need Iron Man in the MCU. Yeah, or but should have Iron you, Man in the MCU. What are you saying, that he doesn't die in Endgame? No, I mean, they would have to, you know, it's a multiverse. They can bring anybody back as Iron Man. Bring <laughs> <laughs> yeah. him from Earth 215. Come uh, on. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know. Maybe they, maybe they don't kill him off. Maybe he survives or whatever. But, you know, Robert Downey Jr. didn't want to do it anymore, so he wanted to kill off Tony Stark. But, you know, maybe you don't say, okay, if you guys don't want to do it anymore, you don't have to tell us to kill off our characters. We still need our characters. Well, but I think so maybe thematically, we recast them. thematically they wanted to kill off Iron Man because the whole thing started out like, you know, Cap, Cap said to him, "Yeah, he wasn't. He was the one who started it. Cap was like, oh, 'Oh, you're you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play and all that.' And what did he do at the end? He sacrificed himself. Okay. So I think that. And then Cap is the one who everybody thought was, you know, he kept trying so many times to give up his life, and he failed. And then finally, he goes off and lives the, the life. You know, he lives a life that he always wanted. But now you have Sam Wilson as Captain America. Yeah. So you still have a Captain America coming up. There's a Captain America. They don't have him on the slate for, they don't have a Cap movie on the slate for, I I read somewhere. Yeah, they were just saying they just picked a director and they're getting ready to shoot. Yeah. Yeah, I read something about that. Mm. Um, There's like multiverse. I know it's not a movie, but I loved the, um, the uh, Hawkeye uh, series on on Disney Plus didn't have anything to do with multiverse this or that, and you know it it really spoke to me kind of like on the Obi Wan level where you're not the person you were like ten years ago, you know. Um, anyway, that didn't have the multiverse, but uh, with Miss Marvel. Um, it, very much made for for a younger audience, I'll admit. But you know, hey, I do a podcast. I got to watch this stuff. I got to speak about it. Um, they do have a version of the multiverse where these gins are, you know, traveling from and and the power, you know, the bracelet and stuff. Um, and we'll see what happens. What is it? Ant Man's coming up next, and that will be a, a proper movie, right? Uh, That's Black, later. 
Black Panther, I think, is next in November. And oh, then Panther's next. Okay. Ant-Man okay. and the Wasp is in February of next year. Oh. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is also in 2023. And then the Marvels is ending uh, the last one in 2023. Well, we, we get the Groot series and the... The Christmas special, the Guardians Christmas mm-hmm. special, between then. So uh, and then She-Hulk is coming think, up right? pretty soon, right? Yeah, I mean it, the television series. I I feel have been sort of hit and miss. I mean, WandaVision started slow but ended really strong. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I thought, was a little uneven but entertaining. Loki, I I had a hard time getting into. I really oh, just man. had a hard time with that. I Hawkeye, I, I I liked Hawkeye. Moon Knight, I I had a difficult yeah. time with. Moon Knight, yep, I agree with you on that. And uh, Ms. Marvel, I'm trying to watch, but like you said, Lair, I kind of feel like it's it's not really. Try harder, Beta. You me. can do it, Beta. Yes, you can do it, Beta. Um, <laughs> I, it is well made. I recognize it's well made, and and I like a lot of the things they're doing with graphics in the uh, live action. But it's yeah, it's well, a little hard for me to. Well, see, so if you have like a six episode series about Ms. Marvel, you can't have her become Ms. Marvel like in the sixth episode. So like, come on. That's why I always hated origin stories. Well, and apparently she's going to be in the Captain Marvel 2 movie. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, she was in the marquee, right, with, with Iron Man and Hulk, and there was Ms. Marvel. Or, uh, Captain yeah, Ms. Marvel. So she's part of it. But, like I say, you know, origin stories, do them quick, get them over with, and get the hero out there. But... Yeah, I mean, she's fumbling around, but she's not really Ms. Marvel yet. And we only have one episode to go as of this recording. Yeah. Same with Moon Knight. It's like, okay, when's Moon Knight going to be in this thing? (laughs) Yeah, I think with Moon Knight, they really wanted to explore the whole mental, uh, his, I don't know, Split personality. That's what they used to call it. I don't know what the right term is anymore. Um, but it, which was somewhat interesting. But yeah, as a superhero fan, I kind of want to see the character in the costume. I did like the interaction with his god Conchu, but uh, yeah, there was for me it was a mixed bag. Um, yeah, I don't know. They do. I think they they have some interesting characters out there still. Um, even though, you know, some of the major characters are gone, I'm a little worried about what's going to happen with Black Panther now that Chadwick Boseman is gone. I kind of wish they'd just recast so we would still have T'Challa in the Marvel Universe. Um, That goes back to Bob's point about recasting Cap and and Tony Stark. It's a different situation. The character, the actor passed. The character didn't pass in the story there's no you know no storyline that said that that the character passed i mean iron man passed because that was the cycle they were building towards you know and plus yeah robert downey jr probably didn't want to play him anymore but i think it makes sense thematically 
they knew they were building towards this as they, you know, wrote everything towards Endgame. Um, I hate using DC as an example, but, you know, how many Batmans have there been? How many Supermans oh have there been? You know? Well, it's like an actor leaves. It's like, oh, bring another one in. Okay, here's a new. And it looks like they're going to need a flash. How many Spider Mans have there been? (laughs) Let's not even talk about that Flash movie. Oh my God, I don't even know we're going to see that Flash movie. I I can't imagine we would. That that guy has gone so off the rails. It's not even funny. It's pretty scary, actually. Ah, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. They just should have went with Grant Gustin from the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so. Well, folks, as you can tell, we're kind of putting in some filler here for this episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I like to think of it as as meandering. We like to talk about a lot of different things on the show. Well, at least, we're, at least we're still talking about the MCU and that. True. So, uh, so let me ask you guys: what, based on who's gone and who's left and whatever, what do you think? the Avengers lineup should be. Well... Because they're going to make another Avengers movie, so who should be in the Avengers? I think... I think Captain America, Sam Wilson, should be in it. Um, If we could get a Thor that's not, you know, busy doing the splits all the time, that would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Let's see, who else do we have left? Hawkeye's uh, still around. Ant-Man's still around. I think Hawkeye's yeah. semi-retired is my feeling with him. We could bring him. in that gal, though, that's going to take his place. Oh, yeah, we could bring in the young one. Well, I know they're kind of edging towards young Avengers, so... Uh, exactly. I was going to say that, Walker. We're going to get, like, a young Avengers. Maybe Black Widow's uh, sister. sister. Uh... And, but I also hear that they're thinking of doing sort of a Thunderbolts team with her and John Walker and I don't know who else, Baron Zemo. So, so what do you think? Can we get Hercules into the Avengers? He was an oh Avenger for a long time. Maybe. So that was that was interesting. Um, the two end scenes, right? And and I, you know what is strange? Of all the things in the movie that I could hate on, I didn't hate on Russell Crowe's Zeus. Um, because, you know, if they are going to go absurd with something, I'm okay with them going absurd with Zeus because you figure, you know, Zeus has been around all this time. He's a philanderer. He's kind of, um, he's not, you know, a drunken god, but he, he fools around and he, you know, he just kind of, he's the top cat and does whatever he wants. And he, I, he was doing sort of a weird mix of sort of a, a Hollywood Greek slash Italian thing i did kind of like when he landed next to thor and he called him baby cakes <laughs> um so that he, but he was sort of like this corrupt old guy like a corrupt old businessman you know and he's like listen you know i got a good thing going here yes i'm scared of this guy but don't don't freak everybody out you know i got a plan and don't blow it for me that kind of thing and it, that part i actually kind of liked um but I don't know. Now they're going to bring Hercules in. So what's his personality going to be like? Because Thor basically has Hercules' personality from the comics. Right. So I, I don't know. What are they going to do? Um, we'll see. They're just going to be riffing Thor. back and forth. In in Thor shits and giggles. Um, I, you know, they need to pay me for that title, <laughs> by the way. 
Marvel if you're out there. I, I will forever refer to that fifth film as shits and giggles. <laughs> um, I don't know. I like the actor that they cast from uh, Ted Lasso. I've never seen the guy before. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, no, no idea who he was. Yeah. No, he, he's a really, really good actor. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about him. He's one of the writers for Ted Lasso, too. <laughs> but now uh, how long is he going to have to wait to be in the movie? I don't know. If they, you know, fast forward through this like they did after Endgame, not that long at all because Taika Waititi doesn't want to jump into the next one anytime soon he's going on yeah. to do Star Wars right got some Star Wars to work on uh, look who's to say that Hercules won't show up in a, an MCU a TV spot as a guest well this guy is he going to have to work out or is he already muscly because uh, I, 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 they showed him real fast I couldn't really he, get his... he's not he's not Chris Hem, Helmsworth muscly but he plays a soccer player in uh, Ted Lasso, so he's mm. he's tall and he is not hunky, but he's he's got a physique. Well, hmm. he's going to be Hercules. He's got to be kind of buff. Well, you know, he's, he's better start eating chicken six times a day and hitting the gym. Cause... Hey, uh, Hercules wasn't that buffed in Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, well... the MCU. That's <laughs> and, and here's the thing, Walker. You're probably going to be disappointed with the MCU movie version of Hercules, but not Black Adam over on DC side I'll of the I'll tell house. you what, I don't even know if I'm going to see Black Adam. That looks oh. like such a shit burger already. What? Yeah. It just doesn't look very good. I, I, I'm sorry, Lair. It just looks... The older we get, my friend, the more we d diverse from our opines of films well, and TV shows. You know, uh, on one hand, I was just thinking, like, I am glad there's there's all these options to view stuff. Because, like, you know, I just got back from Canada. I haven't even seen the last two episodes of Stranger Things. And then Westworld is on and all this other stuff. Oh, so there's all these things to watch, right? And, like, who knew? Like, I, there's no way I would have ever thought there would be a Moon Knight TV show or anything like that. So... I have to remind myself to be grateful that, you know, geekdom took over the world and we have all these things to see. And yes, they're not always going to be exactly what we want them to be or the quality might not be. But, you know, we used to watch Lou Ferrigno in slippers, you know, painted green. So, hey. I will say when I go to the movies... You know, you, you show me uh, a good amount of kung fu and dynamite, and and I'm I'm there. Story, uh, okay, that kind of helps a little. Whereas Walker's like, where's the story? How how is that going to support this character's yeah. decision to that's, make that move? That's what I want. I want a good story, and then I don't like. I get so pissed at these punks that come on like Twitter or whatever. You know who you are if you're listening. And like, yeah, let's because, drive that audience away. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. care. Not that we don't um, love you guys. It, it, they'll rag on classic Star Trek for the effects. Like they were talking about Arena the other day, and like, oh, that crappy rubber suit. Blah blah blah. It's like the story is what's important. People, did you watch the episode and understand that you know? Kirk at the end was able to feel mercy and compassion. For this creature that, yeah, you know, it's like, I know 
It's a rubber suit. But you know what? It was 1966, okay? Get over it. And watch the story and understand the story. That's always the important thing to me. If you have a good story, you'll suck me in. And I don't I don't care about, you know, all the effects and, that and much. T- Twitter friends, that's why I'm not going to say anything. I don't want Walker to block me on, on the Twitter. So. <laughs> hey, I unblocked you. <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you. Um, you know, we should do a podcast about like story and effects and whatever and, and what really matters to us. This is kind of interesting. It would, yeah, we could we could pull that together. Yeah. That'd be a, a good quick episode. That would be a good quick episode. Um, all right. Any any last minute uh, shit burgers? I mean, comments for uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> I want a magical weapon and or tool that will change my clothing for me. <laughs> Here's the thing that got me before we end this. <laughs> You know, they, they fought to get an army of gods. They fought to get that bolt. And they didn't even use the bolt to, like, the very, very end of the thing. And, you know, not to – it wasn't like this, like, gauntlet, you know, infinity gauntlet. It was just like, yeah, okay, you know, you know, parlay with the sword. And, and I'm like mm-hmm. – and and this is, this is the guy who doesn't care about story kids. Yeah. So, you know, hey. There you go. Well, I mean, in the uh, final act, though, I mean, so I kept expecting Thor, you know, as soon as Jane Foster was having her problems, I was ex- totally expecting him to grab Mjolnir. And, okay, he's got it back. And he didn't get it back until, spoiler alert, the very last scene of the film where, where basically Gore's daughter, Love, as Stormbreaker and Thor's got Mjolnir back and they're running off into battle. <laughs> so, but he's got a glowing Mjolnir with a bunch of crayon stuff on the side. Poor Karen. He's got a bedazzled Mjolnir. Well, I just don't know now what are they going to do with the kid? Is she going to be in all the movies moving forward? I don't know. Of course. She'd have to be, right? He's supposed to be yeah. taking care of her. It's Chris Hemsworth's daughter, too. Oh, is it? So now, yeah, now he's making yeah, more money. In there. Making you, more money. Double you dipping. Bet your, you bet your sweet caboose she's going to be in the rest of those films. And then when they showed Thor, like, growing up, and he's mm-hmm. running through a forest, I think one of those kids was, like, his son. Yep. Yeah. So. It's a family affair. Well, and, hey, the goats are off of Robert Downey's farm, so, you know. <laughs> We barely even talked about the goats. I, I have it on good authority that the next Thor movie is going to have Hercules and Thor as a frog from what I've read. So <sighs> kidding. I'm kidding, kids. I'm kidding. Actually, the name of the goats was Shits and Giggles. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like that the goats were, the, yeah, the screaming goats on YouTube, not, you know, these godly titan, you know, animals that traverse the galaxy. So. Anywho, okay, kids. So uh, it is that time in the program, the podcast, where we talk about things that have come into our existence, things that have come into our multiverse, into Earth 313. Wow. 
Yeah, see all those tie-ins I'm doing there? Yeah. And uh, yours truly, your mission commander, well, actually, Chief Engineer Bob has one of these bad boys, too. This is the Ghidra, or Ghidorah. Bob, which is the proper pronunciation of that? You know, I thought it was interesting. <clears throat> I mean, the proper is King Ghidorah. But King Ghidorah. when the movie came out he, over here in the 60s, they dropped the O. So it was Ghidra, the three-headed monster. Yeah, that's how I always heard it. And that's what's on the box. I was going to say, Bob, that's what's on the box. The original logo from the old 60s American version of the film, Ghidra, the three-headed monster. So on the box of the Tiki Mug is G-H-I-D-R-A. Or it was G-H-I-D-R-A-H, I I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ghidra. Okay, so this is what's weird, Bob, is that it says Ghidra, the three-headed monster, without the O, but then below that, it's King Ghidorah Showa-era ceramic tiki mug. Right. Well, Showa-era is basically the movies up to uh, 74 when they did, uh, or 75 when they did Terra Mechagazola. That's the Showa period of films. Yeah. So... Who makes this mug? Mondo, our good friends at Mondo. And this uh, mug is a titan among tiki mugs. It's a biggie. It, it is indeed. Um, I don't have the uh, information here, but if you go to mondoshop.com, it'll tell you how big this thing is. And, uh, you know, your mission commander is in the process of moving mobile command. And so uh, I have not unboxed this, but Ooh. Chief Engineer Bob earlier showed us. Well, you guys, you, we're not doing a video feed tonight. I unbox everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, one of these nights we need to do a video feed for our our podcast uh, audience. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, it, it's a very nice uh, tiki mug indeed if you get a chance. Uh, Mondo just does quality work. Um, it's funny. It's an inside joke here at Planet 8. We always order these things from Mondo, and then weeks and weeks, if not a month or a year later, we get something in the after, mail. After you forget you ordered it. <laughs> right. And it's like, they say, oh, look what came in the mail. I guess I ordered that at some point. It's Christmas. <laughs> I so. ordered that in 1972. <laughs> but speaking of giant kaiju monsters... Chief Engineer, did you have something? Big rubber monsters. That's right. As I've mentioned on the show, we do have Godzilla Fest coming up in August, August 12th, 13th, and 14th. And not only is it Godzilla Fest, but it's Gamera Crashes Godzilla Fest. So the original mutant Ninja Turtle is uh, coming in for an appearance. And uh, the reason I bring this up is because we're doing Creatures Con on August 7th. At the, uh, was it the Concord Hill? Yes, we are. And we are going to be, well, I am going to be selling Godzilla Fest passes at the Planet 8 table for $10 off, $10 cheaper than you can get them if you go to the theater or go (laughs) online. Yowza. So it'll be a bargain. (laughs) So you can come on up to the table, talk to the crew, come on over. Buy passes for Godzilla Fest, save money. You know, the more you the more you buy, the more you save, right? That's so. right. <laughs> hey, and we're gonna have 
fabulous prizes to give away off of our Planet 8 Plinko board. So be prepared, <laughs> kids. Uh, we spared no uh, no expense. Nope. Uh, since, since Commander Larry is moving the mobile uh, <laughs> mobile headquarters. Yeah. Mobile command. <laughs> He's got to jettison some flaxum. And... <laughs> That's right, kids. You're, you're going to see a lot of the movies that we've talked about here on Planet 8 and some that we've yet because – you know, we've only come a hundred episodes. We we still got a few hundred left in us, right. so might be a few things to talk about yet. A little bit, a little bit. So it'd be the uh, you can buy Godzilla Fest passes, and you can come to the uh, Commander Larry Garage Sale. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows what you'll walk away with from Creatures Con? That's All right, right. Good. Well, uh, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We appreciate you guys listening to us, spreading the good word of Planet 8. We sure as heck hope to see you at Creatures Con. Stop by the table at uh, the Godzilla Fest at the Balboa. And uh, you guys stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Peace out. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planetatepodcast.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet 8 Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Planet 8 Podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8, signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end. Rainbow Bridge of